0: on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. Billy Currington summed it up well when he said, God is great, beer is good, and people are crazy. So let us join our hosts, Michael and Anthony, for this week's discussion. We're so glad you're back with us here for episode number 71 of the Beers and Bible podcast. I am Anthony. And I am Michael. And we're I, man, I tell you, I'm tired. Like it's been a long week. How about yeah, you? <laughs> my week has been kind of.
1: I don't think it's been long. We are uh, currently potty training my son.
0: Ooh, that's terrible. So
1: it's a it's a different kind of long. <laughs> He's actually been doing really well. Today was the first time that I had had him, and it was just me, and he had a, an accident. But oh. um. It'll happen. Yeah, it's fine. It It's, I mean, he's been potty training for counting today, like six days. So, Oh, nice. Okay. Or, or five days. Maybe. I don't know. Anyway. Dude, um, little
0: boys, pee in the yard, man. Peeing in the yard is where it's at. Well, it's kind of where he
1: was when he did. He just also happened to be wearing pants, so.
0: <laughs> Forgot the whole pull your pants down. Yeah, <laughs> so
1: it's fine. Um, but he's doing good with that. We're uh, picking him up and putting him down and. Whatever that means, (laughs) you know, um, we're getting things done and got a, so I'm not sure when this will release, but the month of March is a busy month for us. Just personally, we've got a lot going on, but, um, all good things just by the end of March, I want to be ready for a vacation. I think
0: (laughs) (laughs) most people, isn't that why like you get spring break in school? Like at the end of March or like the first of April. Well, I
1: think that was so teachers could have a break before killing all the
0: students. Exactly. Yeah. See, I think we should implement work spring break too. You know. I think we should implement work summer break. <laughs> That's true.
1: <laughs> Two months not to go. Do you still get paid but not go to work? That'd be awesome. <laughs>
0: I'm I have just a kidding. I do A lot of business owners that don't agree with that one. No, I don't. I don't actually
1: think that. It was a joke. So if anyone I work with has heard that. No, anyway, so we're
0: not we're not socialists and we don't want to be like Europe. N- no, not at all. <laughs> I like working. So um Well man. Yeah. I'll tell you I'll tell you what I'm glad. So this is this is a week after uh Snowmageddon happened across like the majority of the United States. Mm-hmm. And here in South Alabama it has been like seventy degrees and mostly sunny. Mm-hmm. And it is like it's fantastic. I've, I'm wearing short sleeves again, and I just I love the heat. I love the summer. I love everything about mm-hmm. summer shorts, flip flops. I
1: I went out to my truck to go to lunch today, and it was 77 degrees and sunny. Oh, that's amazing. My truck that's was good. almost too hot. <laughs> yeah, I I rode around with the windows down. It was awesome.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. I love I love days like this, and, mm-hmm. and looking forward to some spring weather. Yeah. Hopefully it'll the stupid rodent. (laughs)
1: Hopefully, hopefully it stays around a little bit. So yeah, Um, Anthony, what do you have uh, on tap tonight?
0: Man, tonight I have from the Props Brewery in Fort Walton Beach, Florida. I have the Blonde Bomber, and a special note here about the Props Brewery. (laughs) It is veteran owned and operated. So uh, props to them (laughs) for. for Employ yeah, employing uh veterans. But you know, honestly, this can, I could totally tell this. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick this up here. I don't know if you can see it or not, but it's like it's a blonde yeah. who's literally like sitting on a bomb. Yeah. That's pretty <laughs> like cool. Like you would see like you would see painted on like a an, an old bomber. Like, it from looks World like, war II. An 50s, like an old
1: fifties like an old forties or fifties like war ad. Yeah, like,
0: it does. It really does.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool.
0: So, Mike, Nate, Brian, and Travis, here's to you. I'm, I'm going to read this right off the can. An American hybrid ale, Blonde Bomber, is designed with the beaches of Florida's Emerald Coast uh, in mind while paying homage to our rich local military heritage. So, this is a Blonde Ale. I'm pretty stoked about it. It's uh, 5% ABV. It's got 22 IBUs. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be just kind of a, a like standard Blonde <laughs> Ale. So I'm not I'm not really anticipating anything crazy uh, out of this one, but I, I hope it's going to be be pretty good. That they can look pretty cool, so that's why I bought it. Yeah, cool. So what do you have for tonight, Michael?
1: So tonight I've got from the Pontoon Brewing Company in um, this is Camden, Atlanta. So um, okay. brewed in Camden, Atlanta. I have the Gingerbread Murder Scene. <laughs> Um,
0: dude you're always finding the best (laughs) named beers
1: uh, so this is actually an imperial stout Um, the can says Mm -hmm. it's flavored with ginger allspice, cinnamon, clove, nutmeg, vanilla and lactose Um, oh man the can, you were talking about the can on yours the can of mine looks like um, so it's got gingerbread mint on it and Mm -hmm. they're investigating a murder scene and there's like Three cop gingerbread men and one dead gingerbread man under a blanket and a crying lady gingerbread person. Um
0: gingerbread woman.
1: One yeah, for real. We gotta be PC or whatever. <laughs> Gosh. Um one gingerbread cop is taking her statement, one gingerbread cop is yelling at the other one who is throwing up. Um
0: th- I mean, look, look at this can, it's pretty dope. Dude. That can is really dope. And when you sent me a picture of it earlier, I was like, dude, that is the coolest can ever. So
1: um, the uh, (laughs) pontoonbrewing.com, they have a lot of cool named beers. This this company, I might go back to them just because of all the names. But the description on their website says, every year millions of innocent gingerbread men and women are devoured by ruthless humans. These are their stories. Dun, dun. (laughs) Oh, that's great. (laughs) A little bit of SVU action in there. So um, this looks like it's going to be a Christmassy kind of thing. Um, It's got an Mm -hmm. ABV of 9.5%. Wow. uh,
0: 28
1: ABUs. So, um, I mean, the pictures I'm seeing on Untapped, it's all a dark. It looks like a, I mean, it's a stout. So it's going to be pretty strong. They're very dark. And even the foam has some color to it. And most of the time, foam doesn't have any, yeah, any kind of color. But it it's this is going to be a strong beer. But I'm hoping it's going to be good. So, but there's only one way to find out.
0: That's true. And we should crack them open and get going on these. So here we go. In three, two, one, crack. Never get tired of that sound. Oh man.
1: Oh my. Of course, now I'm thinking maybe the reason that this was at the store I had I went to because I went to a different store than I usually do. Um, maybe it's this is leftover from Christmas.
0: <laughs> Could have been.
1: It's the end of February, but I mean that smells like Christmas. Gingerbread always makes me think Christmas. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can I can smell ginger, cinnamon, and clove mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and it is dark. I don't know if you can see this here. Disregard the Budweiser on
0: my glass. <laughs> but, I mean, that is... Dude, that is... That's a for real stout right there. Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, I mean, it looks good. Smells good.
0: Well, there's only one way to find out if it is good.
1: Yep. I forgot, I can't, up. I, forgot I can't see yours anymore because you're using your stein.
0: Oh, I, I, yeah, I got my, my Babylon B stein out again this week. So, well... Here we go. Here we go. Bottoms up. I'm gonna I'm gonna do something real quick. Hang on just a second. Oh, it must be good. <laughs> with my with my Babylon Beastine, I can fit more beer. So I'm just gonna go ahead and top my cup off here, real fast. <laughs> Dude, mine is pretty good too. All right. Since, since mine's kind of the basic beer for this week, I wasn't able to find something crazy. I'll I'll go ahead and go. Okay. This is this is actually this is a little bit better than I was anticipating for just uh just a regular old ale mm-hmm. uh, or a blonde ale. The crispness of this one, uh, I mean, I don't know if I just got it brewed at the right time. I think I saw on the the little thing that this was brewed and and canned in like June. So this is about eight months old. Oh I guess dang! You could say. Okay. Yeah. Um. But the crispness of this one is just like—I mean, it is—it is right there, like it's supposed to be. This is everything that I would think about, and and if I'm just drinking a regular beer with dinner, you know, I'm just having something to go with dinner, um, or or I'm enjoying a pipe and, and having a beer with it, like this. This right here is exactly what I want. Um, the flavor is good. Um. The, the balance between, like, the hops uh, and the bitterness is just right. It's not too bitter, but it's also not, you know, just kind of kind of got that stale or, mm-hmm. or sweet flavor too much. Um, the balance is just right. You know, because it's not supposed to be something crazy, I don't think I can go all the way to five Luthers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, man, I, I'm going to give this four and a half Luthers okay. all day because this thing is really good. And and I could see something like this, especially knowing they're veteran owned and supported. Um, props to props on that one. Uh, I could see this becoming a staple. Like, like I mean, this is as good as like a Yingling um, oh, wow. on the on the ale side of it. Mm-hmm. You know, loggers have that little different flavor, but uh, but on the ale side of it, this is right up there with like a Yingling. So yeah, yeah, I'm gonna come in four and a half Luthers out of five on wow. on the uh, blonde bomber. From props.
1: Wow. Um interestingly, uh, you and I are in lockstep with our ratings here. I'm also gonna give uh, my beer, the gingerbread murder scene, four and a half Luthers out of five. Um the flavor profile is very Um, I mean it tastes a lot like gingerbread. Um mm-hmm. and it's very strong. Like I may have drank a little too fast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is a stout um and the website says it's a like imperial double milk stout so i don't know even know what that means
0: that's like dragon dragon's milk yeah. i think was uh a... so yeah and i think
1: um yeah i think you're right dragon milk was an imperial stout i think yeah, yeah you're right gosh that was a long time ago
0: um <laughs> that was 70 episodes ago yeah i know
1: Um, but this one, it's, it's a little bit better than dragon's milk was to me because of the gingerbread flavor. I mean, you can really, the combination of the spices, you can really taste. And I mean, it almost tastes exactly like gingerbread. Mm -hmm. So it nails the flavor that it's going for. Um, it's a touch too strong for my taste, but that's also because I'm not typically like, Oh boy, stouts. Um, (laughs) but on the flip side of that, it is still good, and I'm going to give it four and a half luthers.
0: Nice. Nice. Well, there's some beer. Uh, we got the uh, the Blonde Bomber getting four and a half. We got the gingerbread murder scene. Was, that, that's, that's just awkward to say, for the record.
1: <laughs> I'm going to go find some more because they've got,
0: I mean, I've got their website pulled up here. Um, what are some other ones? Because I haven't pulled it up. Uh, but um, I, I love the name of that one, gingerbread murder I'm scene. I'm on a
1: float. <laughs> I'm on a boat. <laughs> I'm on a float. Uh, honorary girl scout tagalong cookie. Oh um, nice. <laughs> let's see here. The mighty banana. Um a stout of mind. They have a lot of stouts. Um yeah. this boy is chunky. Is a funfetti oh, boy. funfetti birthday cake stout. Takes two to mango down with the, that one's down with a thickness oh <laughs> that's great <laughs> they have some good names um i want to see what they have on tap the most humble cobbler um i mean they've got some cool names and I, I it's breweries like that where they've got like cool unique names that are gonna stick out to you that you're like oh I'll try it and see what happens. That's what I when I go yeah. to the, when I go to the package store. I'm looking for, um, something that stands out to me, and it's almost usually got to do with the name. Yeah, it, it's it's not necessarily. I'm like I'm never looking for a stout, so I'd never if I had gone in saying I'm going to find a stout, I probably wouldn't have found this. So, yeah. I can I can say that it is very Christmassy.
0: Well, that's good. At least it lives up to its name. Yeah.
1: So, gingerbread murder bit. scene. There you go. I'm gonna go kill some gingerbread cookies. Is what <laughs> I'm gonna do.
0: Millions are killed every year, according to Pontoon Brewing, Ugh. which is probably true because I eat a few every Christmas too. So anyway, well now we're gonna we're gonna keep kicking it into Habakkuk tonight. We're actually gonna we're actually gonna tackle a fair amount uh, tonight. We're gonna dive into the woes uh, that end out and round up chapter two. It's kind of the the second response from god uh and so we're gonna get into that right after this break
1: Welcome back to the Beers and Bible Podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed whatever beer, or whiskey, or bourbon, or tequila, or what, I mean, really whatever. We're we're not judgy. Um,
0: <laughs> we we have actually had a request to uh, to do bourbon or whiskey or something on the podcast. So oh, okay. We're, we're not ruling it out. We might drink some whiskey one night if we just run yeah. out of beers or something.
1: Well, I mean, we could do whatever we want. It's our podcast. It's true. We can. So, anyway, um, so last week we left off in, uh, Habakkuk 2, um, we kind of talked about verse 5 a little bit, and t- tonight we're gonna get into what Habakkuk, or what the, uh, what scholars call the oracles of woe in mm-hmm. Habakkuk 2. Um, is, and,
0: that, is that, Isn't that, like, the dance move that the kids are doing these days? Uh, I think the that-
1: woe? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not a kid, so I don't really know. Did
0: I just say the dance moves that the kids are doing? Yeah.
1: You've officially become my dad. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations. Oh, well. um, So these uh, Oracles of Woe, um, the book that we're using, this um, Exalting Jesus. Um,
0: Christ-centered exposition. Exposition, Exalting, yeah. Exalting Jesus in, in, in all the books.
1: books. <laughs> yeah. So that thing. Um, it's, they have a quote in here from this guy named Anderson that says the set of five woe oracles constitutes the speech to be delivered by the reciter from the vision written on the tablets and that the five oracles share the common theme of divine judgment on Babylon for all of its deeds. So what we're going to focus on tonight is God is going to use Babylon to discipline Judah, but Babylon is still going to get what they have coming to them. Um, and it's really what, we, what we're what we going to talk about tonight in verses 6 through 20 is God telling Habakkuk, yes, uh, Babylon is going to be used as an instrument of discipline, but that doesn't get them off the hook for all the evil that they've done up to this point.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean realistically this this section even though it 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 almost seems like it doesn't fit in the book like it's kind of like this asterisk uh, this thing over here and then it kind of comes back um, but this section though it kind of seems extra or on the sides it really is an integral part of of God answering the question that Habakkuk has which you know the question is how can God use wicked Babylon to punish Judah, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's, that's what we've talked about for the last couple of weeks. And so it's, it's got this, this central theme of using evil uh, almost in, in a sense, ordaining evil to bring about justice. Right. And, and that's so hard for, especially Christians to think about. And it's so hard from a from a Christian apologetic standpoint, you know that's that's one of the biggest struggles that we have as Christians is answering the question why do you know why does God allow bad things to happen mm-hmm. you know and and a lot of times it is about judgment but ultimately in the end it's about perfect justice yeah
1: it's it's always about you know it's always about God's glory no matter what yeah um, even when it's something that our finite understanding of God sees as evil or sees mm-hmm. as uh, not beneficial to either us or people group or whatever, what have you mm-hmm. ultimately anything that anyone goes through is always for the glory of God. And we as believers need to learn to trust that God is always pursuing his glory. Yes. Even, even when bad things are happening. Yeah. I think yeah. about Like think of the like the worst thing that's happened in America in the last 30 years, which I I mean, depending on what side of the aisle you're on, (laughs) you could have a different (laughs) answer. But I would say the worst thing that I've seen happen with my own eyes is 9-11. Yeah. God had a plan for to use 9-11 to bring himself glory. Yes. And it was 9-11 was part of that plan. Yeah. It always was.
0: And it doesn't it doesn't downplay the tragedy. It doesn't make, you know, it doesn't make the tragedy small or insignificant. Right. But it does frame that tragedy. When you think about it like that, it frames that tragedy or, or anything like that in a different context. Yeah. You know? it, and, it can give
1: us as believers perspective as to the why,
0: maybe, yeah. not, maybe not
1: the, you know, why did that specific event have to happen? Yeah, but the ultimate why is always going to be for God's glory.
0: Exactly, exactly. So, what we're going to do tonight is we're going to break this down into into little sections. Uh, the Habakkuk was so nice to put this in uh, nice, succinct little chunks for us. I don't think um, it was
1: Habakkuk. I think it was the interpreters <laughs> of the translators of the Bible from the ancient. To-
0: <laughs> well, okay, we're gonna we're gonna say it was Habakkuk. <laughs> Cause he wrote the book. <laughs> he did write the book, but he didn't break it up like that. I'm just saying. That's true. That's true. Um, thanks. He didn't, put the, he didn't put the numbers on there. Hashtag. Thanks Habakkuk. Hashtag. Thanks Habakkuk. Um, but, but he does give us five specific woes mm-hmm. in, in this section. Um, and, and we're going to look at each one. What we're going to do is we're just going to kind of read that section and then talk about that section and then, yeah. and just move through each one of these because. Um, something that each one of these does is it really kind of like you you lay one down and then you build another one on top of it and then you add another one on top and so these are these are like stacking bricks here yeah um, is what is really what's going on and then I'm I'm gonna go ahead and give away the ending the last one the last brick that we're gonna talk about is the brick of idolatry or the woe of idolatry and so it's it's that's almost like the capstone it's the top and mm-hmm. it's you know it's where we find. Uh, as, as human beings who are flawed and sinful, idolatry is where we actually find our, our greatest struggle because we want to make idols out of everything. Mm-hmm. And so, but we're going to get to that, but we're going to start uh, and, and I'll just, I'll pick up and I'm going to read verses six through eight, which is the very first woe. Uh, and then we're just going to talk about each one of these as we go along. So if you're following with us, I'm going to start chapter two, verse six. It says, Shall not all these take up their taunt against him with scoffing and riddles for him and say, Woe to him who heaps up what is not his own for how long and loads himself with pledges. Will not your debtors suddenly arise and those who awake who will make you tremble? Then you will be spoiled for them because you have plundered many nations and the remnant of all the peoples shall plunder you for the blood of man and violence to the earth, to cities, and to all who dwell in them. <clears throat> that's not real nice stuff going no, on right there. No, not at all.
1: Um, yeah, that's... I mean, you could read that and be like, oh, that's not really applying to us. That's not really applying to me. But, yeah. I mean, the, the way that the... Exposition—that's the word. That's the word. (laughs) Yeah, the way that that describes this section is that the plunderer will be plundered. Yeah, and so it's like what the Babylonians have taken and ruthlessly taken from others Mm -hmm. will be ruthlessly taken from them. Yeah, and it's it's this promise from God that you know these these bad guys who are coming in to do to help discipline Judah, Mm -hmm. they're going to have bad things happen to them as well
0: yeah it's you know a theme that we're going to see um throughout all of these woes is is this like reaping and sowing Mm -hmm. um you know and i'm pretty sure there's this guy named paul in galatians chapter six who talks about you reap what you sow um and and so you know just just keep that in in the back of your mind And, and and i'll throw this in there because it's so relevant in today's Culture, um, you know, we, we've already done an episode on cancel culture and, and how we feel about cancel culture. Um, but I just, you know, it, as an encouragement to Christians, I want to say, you know, just because we are, are I'm, I'm not going to say persecuted. I You know, I don't believe we're being persecuted right now. But we are, to some extent, in the greater society being marginalized. Mm-hmm. OK, um, but but what we're also seeing is that the people who are doing the marginalization are the ones who are fixing to be marginalized themselves. Right. You know, uh, I, I, I've said this before. I don't know if I've said it on here, but, you know, a revolution when you when you support the revolution, eventually the revolution will run you over. Um, that's it. That's yeah. just kind of the way revolutions go. Mm hmm. You know, because eventually you're going to get to a point where you're going to go, man. This this isn't exactly what I signed up for. Uh, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna have to disagree. And then all of a sudden, the revolution is going to trample you and leave mm-hmm. you underfoot. Yeah, you know, and because they didn't need you, they just want they they used you to to propel their own agenda and their own message. Yeah, you know.
1: Yeah. We, and so, do what. Yeah, we've talked about that where you know certain liberties. Given to certain groups lead yeah. to other groups wanting those same liberties, and exactly. it's not, and it's not necessarily what I mean. The example now is Title IX versus transgender. Yeah, and so you've got all these women, like biological women, not men who say they're women. Um, yeah. it, but you have these biological women who say we don't want to compete with men. And I'm not saying that the Title IX was a bad thing, but it has allowed transgendered men to progress to the point where um they feel like they if if i they're a woman a woman they should be able to compete with other women yeah yeah in athletics anyway
0: yeah it's the combination of identity politics and and this kind of entitlement type I don't want to, it's not really entitlement, mm-hmm. um, but, but, you know, we're applying identity politics to legislation and things that were not necess- not really intended for identity politics, you know, Right. the the big thing, and, and especially with this equality act that they're, that they're pushing right now. And when, I'm sure when this comes out, this will be long be either passed or failed one of the two. Um, but the, you know, the Equality Act is seeking to basically change and rewrite the Civil Rights Act of the '60s, mm-hmm. and and to me, that like that in and of itself lets you know that the the people who wrote the Civil Rights Act did not have homosexuality in mind. They did not have transgender in mind, because if they did, they would have wrote it in there. Right, but but the Civil Rights Act was specifically to to give voice to African Americans, and to be fair, African Americans needed it; mm-hmm. they needed that voice, and and so I, I don't think that the Civil Rights Act is bad. But when you take the logic of the Civil Rights Act and apply it to the uh, identity politics of today, you get the, this you know, and so this is what. We're seeing just just so you don't think that the Bible is some antiquated uh, book that is not uh, applicable today. I, I'm I want to I want to sh- make that I know we just chased a rabbit trail, but I want to make that that tie together. I'm not saying that the Bible is about this. Don't don't hear that. But you can read in the Bible and you can develop a worldview that teaches you how to apply what your your scriptural knowledge is to mm-hmm. the worldview around you today. And so, yeah. so we can see it. And you can see it right here from the very first woe of Habakkuk. Yeah. You know, the plunder are going to be plundered. Babylon is going to lose eventually. Right. And it's not Judah's job to fix it. Right. Does that? I hope that makes sense. I hope yeah. those, no, yeah. those strings I mean, tied together. Yeah, you my- <laughs> tied t- t- it all together
1: and put a nice bow on it. That was good. Yeah. Um, you know, we we as we as Christians need to believe that, or need to remember and trust that God doesn't forget evil. Yeah, yeah. When when man when man acts evil, God doesn't forget it. Mm. Um, and so ooh, excuse me. So we have to trust that God will judge them and leave that up to Him. It's not up to us to to punish man or to punish people who have done us wrong. It's right. up to us to show Jesus to these people Mm -hmm. to be the, to show people the love of Christ and then trust that either they will repent or that God will handle them as they deserve yeah, or as they have, uh, well, we all deserve.
0: Well, the the reality is for all of those who are not in Christ, Mm -hmm. who haven't repented and put their faith in Christ, they're just, Deserve they justly deserve hell and wrath for all of eternity. Yeah. So what we're asking for, realistically, is we're asking for God's justice. God's justice is hell and wrath for all of eternity. God's mercy is what allows us to to spend eternity with with uh, him in the presence of of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit for all of eternity. You know, um, I always love the way that R.C. Sproul. Uh, kind of worded that he says you know we're not asking God for justice to save people we're asking God to not do justice to save people he calls it non-justice and you know because if we say we want justice well then we all get hell Mm -hmm. because that's what we justly deserve right so so yeah uh, and and no God does not forget Let's let's uh, take it back to what Babylon was doing. Babylon here was plundering people. You know, mm-hmm. lenders uh, in, in today's times. You know, you have these like title pawn people who use highly excessive interest rates to take advantage of people who can't afford. You know, uh, something basic. You know, mm-hmm. buying a cheap car. They're like, sure, we'll loan you a thousand dollars to buy your car at eighty-six percent interest, and they're going to pay four thousand dollars for that one thousand dollar car. Right. You know, um, and so God does not overlook that kind of stuff, nor does He forget that kind of stuff. And and one of the main verses that points us to that um, is Proverbs fourteen thirty one that says, "The one who oppresses the poor, poor person insults his Maker, but the one who is kind to the needy honors Him." Mm-hmm. And and so you know, we we tend to get bound up in our camps and in our cliques and forget that. You know, all people carry dignity and all people carry the image of God. And so just because you're not just because you're not ruthlessly taking advantage of people doesn't mean there's not something you can do to help honor that person. You know, there's something Mm -hmm. you can do to help that person. And so, you know, focus on the second half of that. The one who is kind to the needy. It doesn't say the one who supplies all the needs to the needy. Mm -hmm. It just says you have to be kind to them. Yeah, You know, treat people with dignity and respect, even if you don't think they're worthy of it. Because guess what? God thinks they're worthy mm-hmm. of it.
1: Yeah. And I, I do think we need to, it's funny that you were, were talking about kindness right here. Um, we have a mutual friend who posted something on Facebook yesterday who it was basically said, it's basically said something to the effect of living in the South my whole life. I've learned the difference between sweetness and kindness. Yeah. And, and we as believers need to live out the difference between the two because you can mm. be sweet to somebody all day long and not Unless be showing them and not be showing them the fruit <laughs> of the spirit of kindness because yeah. part of part of that e- equation is truth and yes. love and honesty and so yeah. you know if if you look at your life and see any time where you think you're being kind, but you're not being a hundred percent honest with somebody, you're not being kind to that person. Right. And so, you know, being, being kind to the, to the needy honors God. That doesn't mean being sweet to the needy. That doesn't mean, um, mm-hmm. you know,
0: you know, kindness doesn't mean giving somebody what they want. Mm hmm you know kindness is you know and and i'll i'll give an example here you know we always think of the needy as as a homeless person okay kindness does not necessarily mean giving that homeless person cash but what it kindness is. could mean is picking up that homeless person yeah that's going to be a risk uh but taking that homeless person to get a bite to eat to get some food in their stomach and then maybe dropping them off at a shelter for the night so that they have a place to sleep for a night, mm-hmm. and and you know kindness can be something as simple as that. Kindness yeah. can be; it doesn't have to be you know you buying a house for somebody. That's yeah. you know there's
1: there's no rule that says it has to be a grandiose gesture. Yeah, but there there are people who can do that, and that is great for them. But not everyone yeah. is able to do that, and kindness. Your act of kindness isn't going to look the same as everyone else's act of kindness.
0: Or if you can't do all of that, maybe kindness is just going to the gas station and buying some food and giving to that homeless person. Mm -hmm. Or you know, there's a lot of different ways that kindness can play itself out. Yeah. Um, And so, so yeah. So verses six through eight, the plunder will be plundered. Mm -hmm. All right. Read verses nine through eleven, and (laughs) and let's talk about the secure becoming unsecured.
1: Okay, so um, I'm reading from the Holman Christian Standard, so um, I think you're reading from the Christian Standard?
0: No, I'm no. at ESV.
1: Your ESV? I can't remember. Yeah. You go back and forth. <laughs> um, I do. So Holman Christian Standard, nine eleven, Chapter 2 of Habakkuk, here we go. Uh, Woe to him who unjustly gains wealth for his house to place his nest on high to escape from the reach of disaster. You have planned shame for your house by wiping out many peoples and sinning against your own self, for the stones will cry out from the wall and the rafters will answer them from the woodwork.
0: This is a scary section,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, because it builds building on greed. You know, you in in first in the first three verses, the first woe we had greed. Mm-hmm. In the second woe, we have exploitation. You know, yeah. Gre- Greed is one of the things that, that may not play itself out in exploiting. You just want to get for yourself. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you might hurt people. Sometimes you might not. And, and, but exploitation is the active, I'm, I'm going to hurt that person. Yeah. yeah Whether yeah. it's financially or whatever it is. And so when you get to using ill-gotten wealth to build security you, you often run into a threat of disaster. Yeah. And, and just ask mortgage brokers of 2008, mortgage bundlers, you <laughs> know, ask some of these banks um, because they they took a pretty good fall. Right. A lot of people lost a lot of trust in the banking system right. because of that. Um, but it's – You know, it 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 takes the first one to the next level, Mm -hmm. and it takes greed and and usually greed taken to the next level leads to exploitation. Yeah, we we've
1: Uh, we've talked a lot about the force of the Babylonians, how they were like very military militarily um, advanced and strategic, and they just went in and took what they wanted and hardly ever lost and all this stuff. So they take things by force, but this Oracle, the second, uh, the second Oracle points out that they also use fraud to enrich themselves. They are mm-hmm. like, like you said, they're manipulating and exploiting people um, to continue to cripple these nations. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, but how good is it to know that it's all for not because they're, they're, intended success or the success that they're looking for is never going to, I mean, will eventually end or it will never come to pass depending on how you like, if you look at success as a never ending thing, then they could, they could reach it, but they would eventually, um, any security, you know, any security they seize up will be temporary. Um, Mm -hmm. because the nations that they have wronged will eventually rise up and take back what is theirs. Yeah. So,
0: and 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 the thing to remember is it may not happen in your lifetime. It may not happen in your children's lifetime. You know, uh, think of think of forty years of wandering in the desert mm-hmm. by by God's people. Think of four hundred years of captivity. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that that's that's generations and generations of captivity for people. Right. Um, but God's justice does come. And and his justice is swift and his justice is exact. And and his and and honestly, I mean his justice is ruthless. And and it's a it's a no prisoners, no holds mm-hmm. kind of thing going on. And so, you know, when you look at the what what we perceive as injustice today, just remember that that even though that person might not see justice this side of the grave there's no doubt in my mind that person will see justice on the other side of the grave Mm -hmm. and it will be a swift and exact justice. Yeah. And, and there will be no, no going against it. So, you know, this was, this is part of my, my, what I tell Christians when they ask me, you know, how do you, how do you deal with these people who, who are obviously being, you know, they're being ruthless and they're being, Cheaters and slanderers and all this and you know how do you how do you deal with those kind of people? Well, I'll tell you how I deal with them. I pray for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't stoop down to their level. I don't do what they do. Uh, what I do is I focus on what Scripture has called me to do. You know, and I think Christian as Christians we need to remember that. And and I think it's also important that we see this here in Habakkuk. Habakkuk is not telling Judah to to do the things that Babylon is doing. He's saying, "Hey, they're doing these things to you, and yes, these things are awful, and they're going to see justice for it." And so it's 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 kind of like this guy in the New Testament that said, "When somebody slaps you on one cheek, you turn the other cheek."
1: That was Jesus, right?
0: Oh yeah, that's right. That was Jesus. He keeps that
1: guy. I I think it's interesting in you know this isn't in our notes anywhere, but I think it's interesting how, you, you know. He's all throughout the Old Testament. But here in Habakkuk, Jesus keeps coming up. Yeah. He, he's come up a few times in our discussions the last few weeks. And it's mm-hmm. just, you know, it's a reminding me that the Bible is coherent and um, uh, unified in its message. And mm-hmm. the person of Jesus that we know from the New Testament is very present in the Old Testament.
0: Yes, he is. So, and, and we, we see that, we, we see that coming in, in, uh, in verse 11, because verse 11 is essentially a, you know, if these walls could talk, Mm -hmm. you know, it says, it says the, the stone walls will cry out and the wood will say, you know, um, and, and, and I kind of wrote a note in, in my Bible here, it says, you know, I wrote it out to the side of this, it just says cancel culture. You know, there are things that we don't know about cancel culture, and, there, and we probably shouldn't know them. But rest assured that one day the stone and the wood are going to cry out, and that day is going to come when those who participated in something like that mm-hmm. stand before God and have to give a reason for what they did. Mm-hmm. And they won't have anything because all of the earthly stuff will have melted away at that point. Right. They will have nothing left, they will be laid bare. And so, if you have no other hope, hold on to that hope. You know, number 1 that yes, exact justice will happen, and number 2 that exact justice is not your job to dispense. Right. As a Christian as a Christian believer. Because the walls will talk and justice will be served. And and when you get to that you see how what people think they're building these empires of security here on earth and how immediately unsecure those empires become when the earth is stripped away, when they're laid bare to themselves and they have to stand before a holy God and explain or attempt to explain what they did with their life. And the best their best thing is, well, you know. Uh, I, I, I got nothing, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the best they can come up with. Yeah. So that's Mm -hmm. the second woe. Uh, let's move on to the third woe in verses 12 through 14. So I'm going to read 12 through 14 and it says, woe to him who builds a town with blood and founds a city on iniquity. Behold, it is not from the Lord of hosts that people labor merely for fire. And that nations weary themselves for nothing, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of God, as the waters cover the sea. Mm. Now, the, there's a there's a shift right here in these woes, mm-hmm. where he kind of he kind of starts talking about this is what's coming, you know, and and in scripture uh, we call this the already not yet tension. Um, specifically in the New Testament, because when when Christ came, died, was buried, and resurrected, that that sealed the deal. it was done it 's already finished, but what we haven 't seen is the full consummation because we still live in a world that is broken and stained and marred by sin, and so we haven't we have not yet seen the full realization of of the coming of Christ and that and we 're going to see that at the second coming mm-hmm. okay. So that's this already-not-yet tension, and, and in these verses, again, it, it, it's building again in the, on, on the next one. So we had greed, we have exploitation, and now we have these people are building cities. They're building their own culture. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you see where we're going with this? They're building their own culture. They're building something in their own likeness, what they want it to mm-hmm. be you know Romans 1 talks about this and it says that they rebelled against what was in their nature and they went contrary to their nature um and so if we're given the nature of God if we're given the image of God we're our tendency is to go against that right and that's what Babylon is doing you following with me it, it, yeah. it gets really heavy right in here
1: <laughs> yeah 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 i i'm with you i was i was just Waiting for you to keep going, I guess. Um, <laughs> no. So um, so this third oracle of woe, mm-hmm. you know, it, is about the civilization of Babylon. And it says that they will be replaced by devastation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it's, you know, we have to remember where the Babylonian Empire came from. It was founded on injustice and bloodshed. Mm-hmm. That, but historically, and I mean, you can look back at this, you can... Look for this yourself when an empire is founded on injustice and bloodshed and um, really evil, basically, it's yeah. eventually going to be destroyed. And you can see how that's our, the, the that course of events has already been set into motion. Um, so so we look at verse 14 and we see, you know, one of these really these gems in Scripture um, where it says or it talks about attempts of the wicked uh, to build their own own empires on greed and violence, they will not succeed because those, in, uh, those endeavors are an affront to God and God is holy. So, um, yeah. you know, this greed and violence can't be, won't be allowed to succeed. Um, and, and the nations exhaust themselves for nothing because God, who is law, they have rejected and whose glory they've denied Will win the war it's not a yeah they he might win the war it's not a they're gonna draw or whatever like god mm-hmm. God's victory
0: is assured, yes, so in the words of Star Wars, resistance is futile is that from star wars
1: i I'm sure it is <laughs> they've only got thirty eight movies um that's true,
0: whatever you build here on earth and and you know this is part of the reason that that as Christians we have to be very leery, I guess, of of too much wealth. You know, Americans. It's I, I realize as an American, me saying this is is kind of dumb, um, because we are the richest country in the world. You know, our poor people, our homeless people, are richer than like eighty percent of the world. I don't know the exact, mm-hmm. world, but it's a lot. You know, um, and so. When you, when you have built everything on things that your hands have made, when all of your identity is found in the things that, that your hands have made, you turn to those things. And this, again, this is all building up to idolatry. What they're getting to is idolatry. We started something as simple as greed. Mm-hmm. Greed turns into exploitation. Exploitation turns into I can build something better myself. I can do it better. I can build this city better myself, and then that pushes us into the the fourth thing, the fourth woe, which is look at this thing that I made. You know you you point to your you point to your own glory. Um, read verses fifteen through seventeen, or did you read twelve through fourteen?
1: No, you read twelve through fourteen. No, 12.
0: So yeah, read fifteen through seventeen. Um, and, and this, this is going to, especially for our podcast, this is going to take a glorious turn for us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, 15 through 17, um, woe to him who gives his neighbors drink, pouring out your wrath and even making them drunk in order to look at their nakedness. You will be filled with disgrace instead of glory. You also drink and expose your uncircumcision The cup in the Lord's right hand will come around to you and under disgrace will cover your glory for your violence against Lebanon will overwhelm you. The destruction of animals will terrify you because of human bloodshed and violence against cities, against lands, cities, and all who live in them.
0: Obviously, if you drink, you are going to hell. Obviously.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not about alcohol. (laughs) I think... um, the the book makes a good point that uh, alcohol is a metaphor here <laughs> so um no lies all lies the bible says what it means and means what it says it's obviously about alcohol uh, as hang on i got to get another sip of my beer exactly um no it, you know babylon has made the nations its plundered drink from this metaphorical cup of anger yeah. And, and you talk, we we say drunkenness here. It shows the hideousness of Babylon's aggression against the, uh, the people it's taken over. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it really is a powerful metaphor for, for what they have done versus what, you know, how, how the people they've taken over are, uh, yeah are seeing it.
0: Yeah, it is. It is a very, very apt metaphor for today. Um, because how many Christian believers do you know that take to Facebook or Twitter or name your social media platform and air their grievances about how terrible all the things that they disagree with are. And, and, in in reality, we're doing when we do that. We're doing the very same thing that the people that we disagree with are doing. Mm-hmm. They they have stirred it up, and we have bitten the hook and taken the hook, and are dropping down to their level to answer them. Yeah, and and you know, I don't need to go very far past Facebook to see. 15 or 20 of my Facebook friends land-blasting how stupid these people are and how dumb those people are and, you know, what the heck were they thinking and, you know, lunatics are running the country and, you know, all of this kind of stuff. Well, if I were to back up four years, I would see the exact same thing from the people that I disagree with. hmm And... I'm going to, I'm just going to drop a news flash here. Whenever you stoop to their level, you're no better than them. Yeah. So don't do it. Yeah. And, and that, that's the point of this drunkenness. When you drink of the cup, when you take in the anger and the hatred and the bitterness and the resentment and you spew it back out, you're no better than the other person who's drunk too. Mm-hmm. They're drunk on their anger. You're drunk on your anger. You just have anger at different things. Yeah. But there's no difference between you and them. Mm. You know? And and that's that's exactly what Babylon has done to the people of Judah, and that's why it is their shame. Yeah. And when you turn your anger into something like that, it's going to be your shame. And you can mark my words and say that I said that. Because it will. It will come back, and it will bite you, and it will destroy you, and it will take away your integrity, and people will not trust you because you spew from a a position of hatred or a position of anger because you're drunk on the, the power that that anger gives you. Yeah. So absolutely this is a metaphor, and this is not about drinking beer. I'm going to have some more beer. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, you know, Babylon
1: has caused these nations to, you know, it says drink from the same cup. And Mm -hmm. and now that they have, when they overthrow Babylon, Babylon shouldn't be surprised because it really was Babylon who gave them almost, almost gave them the strength to do it, you know, gave, gave them the, the courage, or the just the pure anger, to to do what they needed to do, um, but also that's God's plan from the beginning. That that's mm-hmm. God's plan from the beginning of Habakkuk was to use Babylon to discipline Judah, mm-hmm. but also to discipline Babylon when the time came and and let them go from king King of the Hill to. Not even in the playground
0: anymore, you know. So, sorry when you say King of the Hill, I know. I know. I know. know. Stop. So, bring it back. Bring it back. um, No, no, you're exactly right.
1: You know, Babylon is this is this powerhouse. It's it. it, Babylon is Alabama. Yeah, playing against and we all
0: hate Alabama. Let's be honest. Playing
1: against Vanderbilt. I mean that that's really I mean that's how Babylon is and God is saying, you know what? At some point in the future, everyone's gonna team up and beat Alabama at the same all at once.
0: (laughs) It might take everybody. (laughs) One day we're gonna have the all stars versus Alabama and Alabama's gonna lose.
1: (laughs) So I mean I mean that's the meta that's the easiest met the yeah, metaphor I can come up with for that. So
0: Yeah. It, it it will happen and that's why Christians need to constantly be in check of their their attitude their tone their rhetoric mm-hmm. um, because if you don't it is so easy to become the very thing that you despise and I said it earlier in tonight's episode eventually the revolution that you cheer for will run you over and leave you in the dust you know it will do that and that that is exactly what happens. what you glory in, man, look at me championing this great cause. I'm championing this, and it's wonderful. Then the revolution runs you over, and you're standing there going, "Why did I do that?" Mm-hmm. You know I, That's why I think it's important to be very, very careful about the things that we choose to champion. you know, and, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to get into celebrity culture right now, but ju- we just need to be more careful. Mm, mm -hmm, and so mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with that we will move on to the fifth oracle which is which is kind of the pinnacle it's the it's the apex of where we've been going tonight and this is going to be about idolatry uh and so i'm going to read verses 18 through 20 um and and habakkuk is he's about to throw it down so get ready for this oh he hasn't Um, been throwing it down yet he he has, but it's it's like when you when you're playing cards and you get to the last card and you just like slam it down on the table. That's exactly what Habakkuk is about to do right now. It's like playing so, Uno
1: with a uh yes.
0: color changing he, he, card. He just dropped a draw four, a draw two, a draw four, a draw four, and then the last card. Like a reverse and then the last card. Gotcha. And and this is the last card coming right here. So picking up in verse 18, What prophet is an idol when its maker has shaped it? A metal image, a teacher of lies. For its maker trusts in its own creation when he makes speechless idols. Woe to him who says to a wooden thing, awake, to a silent stone, arise. Can this teach Behold, it is overlaid with gold and silver, and there is no breath in it at all. I love this verse. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silent before him. Ooh. <laughs> so in, in closing this argument out, Habakkuk says, all of the things that y'all have created, everything that he's just listed, cities, uh." The greed, the the uh, exploitation, all of this is idols that they have set up. Mm-hmm. This is them making themselves look good. And then what does he call them? He says, woe to him who says to a wooden thing, awake. He basically says, you're talking to a post, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you know, why are you talking to a post? Why are you telling those stones to talk? Yeah. That's dumb.
1: Yeah. And it's, you know, it's pointing out that idols, no matter what they are, they're just creations of our imagination. And, you Mm -hmm. know, these, you know, the Babylonians have physical objects that they have crafted or carved or, or shaped to look like whatever, but Mm -hmm. we're just as guilty of having idols. We may not have a, we may not have a statue in the middle of our living room. But oh, yeah. we all worship something other than Jesus, whether it's our job or our kids or football or uh, Donald Trump. Donald. You know, oh, sorry. Hey, now, <laughs> red flag. Um, sorry, didn't mean to say that. <laughs> you know, but you know, we are all guilty of it, and we're all susceptible to it. And, and it's keeping ourselves in check enough to where we don't take these good things and make them the great thing. Yes. And, and make in and being okay with, you know, I love my kids. I love, you know, I love my son. I love my wife. I love, um, uh, I love football. I love, I love all these things. They cannot be more important than my walk with Jesus.
0: No, no. Um, one of the things that I do with my kids, uh, that I've done for for a while now, is we teach them uh, catechism questions. And we use one called the New City Catechism. And, and there's a question in there that says, what is idolatry? It's, it, it, it follows the question, what is sin? Um, sin is, just so you know the definition, sin is rejecting or ignoring God in the world he created, not being or doing what he says in his law. Okay? Idolatry... It says, idolatry is trusting created things rather than the creator. Mm-hmm. That is exactly what Habakkuk is saying right here. Yep. He's saying all of these things that you have created, that's what your trust is in. That's what your hope is in. And and when you have put your trust and your hope in the created things rather than the creator, you have substituted God and put an idol in his place. Yeah. And that is what will get you sent to hell quick, fast, and in a hurry. Yeah. And so justice is going to come down on Babylon. It will. But for the time being, God is using Babylon. And he's saying, I'm going to use Babylon to bring justice on Judah. And then when that time is up, I will turn my justice from Judah and I will exact my justice onto Babylon. Right. And, and all of the idols that they have set up, whatever they are, any created thing, um, woe to him who says to a wooden thing, awake, you know, to a silent stone arise, you're, you're calling inanimate objects and saying that they're going to, they're going to come alive. And then it says, uh, at the very end verse 20, but the Lord is in his holy temple. Mm -hmm. Let the earth keep silent before him. In these, in this last, these last two verses, Habakkuk says, "Everything that you build, everything that you create, everything that you can make with your own hands is silent. But God is on His throne, and the earth will be silent before Him because He is a speaking and alive God." Yeah. And and that that's why I said you know Habakkuk is getting ready to throw it down right here, which. The reality is God's the one who's throwing it down right here because God is giving this this oracle to Habakkuk. He's giving this this woes to Habakkuk. Mm-hmm. And and this becomes the pivot point, and we're going to see this in chapter 3. This becomes the pivot point where Habakkuk says, much like Job, much like Jonah, much like um, basically almost every Old Testament prophet, um, I, okay, God, I, I I have been put in my place. I realize now I'm, I'm so sorry for what I did back there. (laughs) Uh, Please don't hurt me. (laughs) (laughs) Please don't smite me. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It has to be in King James language. If it's, if you know, everybody knows that the old Testament prophets spoke King James. So, Um, but, but yeah, this, this is where it all gets laid down. And, and I, I mean, I love verses two through four and I think they're, they're great you know, that we talked about extensively last week, but man, verse 20 is the verse that like gets my, gets my juice going. It's Mm -hmm. it's the verse that gets me up because it's like all of these woes, they've done this. They've done that. They've done this. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give woe to them. Woe to them. And then at the end of all this, he says, but the Lord is in his holy temple. It's like none of this that, that Babylon has done amounts to anything because God is still in his temple and he's going to silence the earth before him yeah period end of story yeah he he
1: will act to fulfill his purpose at the appointed time that only he knows didn't we already talk about that Uh, i'm I'm sure we did so (laughs) um but yeah that's a i mean there for a while i wasn't sure if we were going to get through all that tonight it
0: it was a lot tonight it really was we, we, we only rabbit trailed once or twice A little bit At the beginning At the In beginning. the
1: middle and the end
0: <laughs> <laughs> But man This like I'm telling y'all we, we When we started I've said this before When we started this We were like Oh we'll do back in like three episodes And we'll be done I think it's like the fifth episode That we've been doing end. <laughs> 67, 68, 69, 70 No this is, the, this is the fifth episode And we've got probably two more At least two more maybe three we'll see. Um, but yeah there is uh, there's some woe discussion and and we hope that was beneficial and we'd love to hear your thoughts. We'd love to hear your feedback on that and if they have thoughts and feedback, Michael where would they give us such thoughts and feedback? If you want to
1: reach out to us you can find us on Instagram at beers and Bible underscore. you can find us on Twitter at beers and Bible P1. You can find us on Facebook by searching Beers and Bible Podcast, and you can also email us at beersandbiblepodcast at gmail.com.
0: Boom. Roasted. There it is. Boom roasted. Thanks, Michael Scott. <laughs> slash Wayne Gretzky. Uh, so until next week, man, we want you to enjoy some uh, some cold beer. Go out and find a, uh, a Blonde Bomber from Props or a
1: gingerbread murder scene
0: (laughs) that still sounds funny anyway it's amazing um it's amazing so go find one of those two and drink them and let us know what you think about them let us know if uh they're worth four and a half luthers because that's what we gave them yep um but until next week we will see you later peace out